When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. Well, let's talk about it. I mean, crop insurance is another one of those inputs that farmers have to factor in, corn, beans, or whatever they're growing this year. First of all, Deanna, give me a little sense on the tone of the conversations you're having with farmers. I mean, they've been pushing pencils since before the harvest was wrapped up last year. A lot of concern about not only cost of inputs, but availability. Give me a little sense on what your conversations have been like with growers as they try to broach crop insurance. Well, the first thing that all growers should know is that because our markets right now, now we haven't set our spring price, but our markets are over a dollar on both corn and beans. So it is quite likely that their premiums for the exact same coverage as last year are going to be higher. They are going to have more coverage out there um, because of the higher price, but um, expect to see your premiums go up in cost. So it just unfortunately, like everything else this year, um, we are seeing a higher price. Mm-hmm. Are you getting the sense that people are going to wait until the last minute to make some decisions on crop insurance, Deanna? You know, I don't think so. I, I've been out talking with a lot of my producers and and trying to crunch numbers to give them a heads up beforehand because, like you said, they're trying to put together on a pencil what their cost is and you know where their marketing um, spots are. And crop insurance is part of that whole equation knowing what they have that what they're likely to pay is going to be very important. Right. Now again remind us when will the USDA basically benchmark our crop insurance prices and rates? So um we track all of February's average on corn and beans and then it is announced March 1st what the price is. Mm-hmm. And that obviously will dictate a lot of what we're looking at. Now, let's talk about any changes, revisions, additions that seem to be top-of-mind conversations, Deanna, when you visit with growers. And and to your point, uh, there's a lot of different growers out there. Crop insurance covers a lot of different avenues, but which ones seem to be most popular in conversation? Um, well, right now with options, I guess a couple of things. The the new product that is available in Wisconsin, which is the microfarm policy, part of the whole farm policy for any growers that are specialty growers but at a smaller um income than than um, a whole farm would necessarily need it's a they've taken the whole farm program and simplified it uh, made it a little easier to qualify and get the higher discounts um, and premium subsidies with with the micro farm um, but it is really geared towards not so much your corn and bean growers but guys who are specialty crops organic um, other things like that. Well, those have been overlooked, to be fair, for a long time. And I know even when they did take a stab at trying to ensure, you know, things like apple production or something like that, uh, that uh, historical average seemed to bite them. So does it feel like those micro policies are getting a little bit more in step with today's grower? Um, yeah, the whole farm in itself, there's a fair amount of paperwork to it, but in it, the whole that whole program is based more on revenue and keeping your revenues up. Um, and unfortunately, 
as as Washington works towards policies, there are always three steps behind farmers, mm-hmm. and that's just unfortunately the way the way things work. Well, and that's kind of brings us to another point. One of the reasons why I wanted to talk to Deanna. Deanna ran him along with us. She is an agent for Premier Insurance Solutions. Let's talk a little bit about this new pace. Uh, that is something that uh, caught my attention because I guess really the goal of pace, which is post application coverage endorsement is to try to cover growers that feel like they're at risk of not being able to get nitrogen down. Now, that's my first blush attempt at at explaining it. Give them the details on this one, Deanna, because there are some counties in Wisconsin that qualify. Yes. So it is available in Iowa, Sauk, Richland, Vernon, Crawford, Grant, and Lafayette in Wisconsin. Um, So if you're farming in those counties, it is available to you. Um, It really is a policy that is only going to cover you if weather causes you not to get your second pass of nitrogen down. Um, So you need to keep in mind that uh, other reasons for not getting that nitrogen out there will not be covered. Weather has to cause it. If you're in an area that has a lot of wet spots or, you know, very susceptible to rain, those are the guys that should be looking at this. Guys who have never not gotten their second pass of nitrogen down, you know, maybe this isn't necessarily cost effective for them. Well, and that's that's the area she wants to emphasize. This is not about overall nitrogen application. You've got to be doing split applications and miss that second one. What's what's been the when you explain the details, Deanna? Again, what's the farmer litmus paper say? Well, the I, from the farmers I have talked to. Um, this isn't going to necessarily cause guys to go out and split, uh, apply nitrogen. Um, guys who are doing it could definitely look at this, and if they feel like it is something that they are susceptible to, potentially not getting that second pass, you do have about a, a three-week window. It, uh, that second pass is intended to be between V3 and V10, mm-hmm. so plant dates are very important. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of producers, when they go into the FSA, they might say that fields are planted, oh, it was all planted around this time. You have to be very specific with your plant mm-hmm. dates because everything is based on the vegetative state of mm-hmm. that corn crop. Right, and and for those growers that do have an opportunity, it's same application deadline as the regular crop insurance March 15th, huh? It is, and they do also, at that application time, need to um, say how much nitrogen percentage-wise they plan pre and post. Mm. So they have to clarify that ahead of time. It can change, but their insurance is going to be based on what they said in the beginning. Wow. All right. So like we said, more details that you've got to pay attention to. Now, just from a pure trying to do business standpoint, Deanna, I know everybody's trying to be safe. We still have different protocols in place. How has it been, you guys with Premier, trying to write the business and make sure everybody understands what the, what's going on? Our focus has always been that we're here to educate farmers. I, I say all the time to my customers, crop insurance is a tool in your toolbox but if you don't know how to use that tool, it really doesn't work for you, and you're not using it to its best ability. And the whole point of crop insurance is not just to put it there and then walk away. It's to you know work with your agent year after year. Every year we go into the, the fields, it's a different year. It's a different situation. Prices are different. Weather conditions are different. Everything about that year can be different from year to year. So it, it is very important for you to sit down with your agent Work with them one-on-one. 
explain any changes that are happening to your operation and make sure that you're you're letting them help you set up the best policy you can have. Deanna Raynham along with us. She's one of the agents that's out there trying to help answer questions and, and help you understand what's new in 22 for crop insurance. She is with Premier Insurance Solutions.